0: Welcome to the Claremont County Public Library's Book Lovers Podcast, where we talk about all things library. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm joined today by Jordan, a library assistant specialist from our branches. Hey, Jordan. Hi, thanks for having me again. Absolutely, I love having you. So today we're going to talk about books that we've recently read and enjoyed, and I'm going to let Jordan go first. What's your first pick?
1: Alright, so the first one I have in my stack here, I finished about two hours ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> well good, it's fresh in your mind then, that's yeah. good. Um, so it is The Peacock Emporium by Jojo Moyes. Um, so I typically read like horror, um, sci-fi, fantasy, stuff like that. My
0: like, favorite catnip. Yeah. I like
1: it. <laughs> I very rarely read, like, real people books, like, stuff that could actually happen, but whenever I'm in the mood for one, just every now and then, I always go to Jojo Moyes. Uh, she wrote the Me Before You trilogy. Oh, great. Right. Okay. And they were so good. I just finished the last one a couple weeks ago. And they're so, so good. And she just writes the best characters, all of her stories, no matter how and predictable they seem there are always twists and it's so so great Um, so this book um, I got kind of a nostalgic kind of vibe from it but it's actually set mostly in 2001 and it was actually published in 2004 but I think it was just recently reprinted sure yeah so it's um, on a lot of our new shelves still I think Um, but it's about uh, this woman named Susanna Peacock that's uh, her actual um, married name. I want
0: to change my name now.
1: <laughs> the title caught me first. Like, right. oh Was it like a like a menagerie of peacocks or something? Like, I have to read this. Um, so she's kind of felt very disconnected from her family her whole life, and throughout the book, you realize why. Um, and she's married, but she's not super happy in her marriage. But the one thing that she does find fulfillment in is the shop that she opens um, and she ends up naming it the Peacock Emporium. So it's like a shop slash a cafe um, full of things that she likes. Um, She got in trouble previously for her shopping habits. Um, just to try to cope with her own stress. Sure. So, uh, we've all been there. Sure, retail (laughs) therapy's a (laughs) thing. Yeah, and so she decides to make something practical out of that and turn that obsession into selling and making money. The only problem is she's not a very warm, personable type of person, just naturally. And then people start coming into the shop like, oh, you should do this. You know, you should um, arrange it this way to make it more welcoming. You should actually talk to people when they come in. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) Yeah. The characters are just so great. And there are so many twists. And this is not the type of book you would expect there to be a lot of twists. um, But I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. And
0: she's just an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Actually sound, I've never read one of her books, but that one actually sounds super interesting mm-hmm. to me. I yeah. Like okay, so my first one is called And Then There Were Crumbs by <laughs> Eve Calder. It's one of those, um, I know it's super popular with mysteries to have a cozy mystery, and then the person who solves the crime, the uh, amateur detective, uh, Bakeries, food-related things mm-hmm. are a big... Su- yeah. So, yes, this is one of those. But I have to say that I found it a little less formulaic, a little less predictable than a lot of them are. So I actually mm-hmm. enjoyed the writing. So, uh, of course, it has a very traditional start. Our heroine, Kate, has lost her job as a pastry chef for a Mm -hmm. fancy restaurant, and, of course, her fiancé dumps her. (laughs) So her solution to deal with those things is to move from Manhattan to this tiny little town in Coral City, Florida, because that's what you do, right? Yep. Right. So she's going to start over, and she applies at this bakery called The Cookie House, which is owned by this crusty old guy named Sam. But, of course, he's going to have a heart of gold because... That's just the way these things work. So he hires her, and because she doesn't have anywhere to live, he also conveniently offers to rent her the apartment that's above the bakery. So life is looking pretty good because there also happens to be an attractive man in the picture. Surprise, surprise. I know, right? Yes, I don't know how that happens in these books. So everything is looking pretty good until uh, this aggressive real estate developer drops dead after eating a batch of Sam's cinnamon rolls. So, of course, the crusty old guy is arrested, and it's up to Kate and her newly made friends to prove his innocence. Because, of course, you know he will be. Yeah. So, I say, not not really any surprises, but the journey was delightful. It's a super nice, cozy mystery, light romance, and small-town charm. So, I think mm-hmm. if you're looking for light reading, perfect way to go.
1: Yeah, uh, at of where I'm, I'm still helping out until I Move around to other branches. Um, we just put together a fall book display, and a lot of it are mysteries, just like that. Just something cozy and yes, usually cookie related. Of course. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's the perfect kind of book to have with your pumpkin spice latte. Mm-hmm. So, there
0: you go. Yeah. All right. So you're going to change the tone because I do believe <laughs> that I see is that Stephen
1: King over yes. there. All right. So, um, I have been reading Stephen King since I was 14. Uh, I've read about 30-something of his books. I think I've read at least half of his catalog, the stuff he continues to publish. I was going to say, I've got a big backlist to catch up on. Yeah. Um, And then this is the Institute, uh, which just came out like two or three weeks ago. Right. Um, And I just started it um, since it's so new and I have a literal stack on my coffee table of eight or nine books. You have Um, to. I just started this one. I'm on page nine, but those nine pages have been awesome so
0: far. (laughs) Well, that's good. There is nothing worse than looking forward to reading something, at least that I found. You Mm -hmm. get super excited. It finally comes in and you sit down with it. And you read the first few pages and you're like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I mm-hmm. always find that heartbreaking and it makes yeah. me super sad. So I love it when you dive in and you're like, yes, yeah. this is it.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to um, to dive further into it. I read somewhere that it's kind of a combination of It and Firestarter. And Uh-oh. I've read both of those. Okay. And I lo- those were two of the first ones I ever read. Um, it was actually the first Stephen King book I ever read. Was it really? Yeah, and I was the same age as the character, so that was super fun. Um, <laughs> Creepy clown, <laughs> yay! Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've I've been listening to a lot of Stephen King audiobooks. Like he's just amazing. Like absolutely, he's amazing. he yeah. has definitely had an amazing career. Yeah, last year I started working for um, CCPL, and I've just kept watching more and more of his books come on the new list, and I'm just like, how is he doing this? (laughs) This is amazing. And the qualities just remain the same. He's still just... Yeah, he's definitely a master craftsman when it comes to writing. I shared um, when this hold came in for me I was so excited I posted a picture of it on my Facebook page. I was like, look what i got, everybody. (laughs) And a couple people were like, how did you get that already? And I was like, I have a library card. Like, we usually get the new books in the system, at least, the day they come out. Absolutely. And we have our Lucky Day collection as well. Um, So, yeah, if you want to read, that's what I tell everyone, if you want to read the new and exciting books, get a library card. That's right. it's the way to do it, so tell me just a little bit about what the institute is about. Um, so from what I understand, it's um, along the lines of there are children that have like supernatural abilities, which I think is where the fire starter kind of comes in. Um, and so far, it seems like it's going to be told from different perspectives. Um, and the institute is, I guess studying these kids and I'm assuming at some point there's gonna be an escape.
0: Of course there's work. got to be, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Especially when you're calling it the Institute. Nothing mm-hmm. good sounds like the Institute.
1: Yeah. I've heard it's it's pretty intense and I've read a lot of his stuff, so hopefully I can handle it, but I'm very excited about this book so far. Well good.
0: I hope you continue to enjoy it. It sounds really fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to shift back to the light and fluffy (laughs) because that's what I've been reading. So um, my next one is called Natalie Tan's Book of Luck and Fortune by Roselle Lim. Um, So it starts with the main character, Natalie Tan, is returning home because her mom has passed away. And she and her mother had been estranged for the past seven years because Natalie wanted to be a chef and her mom didn't approve of her choice, so Natalie moved out and they stopped speaking So she's pretty shocked to learn that her mother has left her the family restaurant that's been closed since her grandmother's death. She didn't Mm -hmm. realize that her mom still owned it, and so it's been closed up for all these years, and she's super surprised. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: um, the neighborhood fortune teller, because of course what neighborhood doesn't need a fortune teller, (laughs) tells Natalie that she needs to cook three recipes from her grandmother's cookbook to aid her struggling neighbors before she can successfully reopen the restaurant. So I don't usually do this, but I would like to read just a couple of paragraphs to show what kind of delicious food writing is mm-hmm. in this book. Her descriptions are just beautiful. So this is Natalie, and she's talking about cooking. Uh, it says, I reached for the two beefsteak tomatoes in the grocery bag. The shade of their skins bore a hint of orange, indicating the firmness of the juicy flesh within. My sharp blade sliced into the fruit dripping, sticky, dotted with the jeweled seeds inside. I cut the flesh into tiny cubes as the scent of sunshine and vines filled the air. I transferred the tomatoes to a ceramic bowl before rinsing the board and knife clean. Using the flat side of the blade, I smashed three cloves of garlic. The fragrant aroma teased my nostrils as I rolled a fat red onion onto the board. The papery amaranthine skin crinkled under my fingertips. According to Mama, the red onion contained too much chi, the reason it caused so many tears. She compared the red onion to younger Shen, rich in color and bold in flavor. I never questioned her logic, for no other onion induced the same reaction. This made me want to go eat every Chinese dish I could possibly find at the local Chinese place. It just sounded absolutely fabulous, and it made me drool for the whole book. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's one of those light things. There's a little bit of light romance, lots of discussions about food. Um, Natalie's trying to get this restaurant open because she knows it's going to help the neighborhood. It's the neighborhood that she grew up in, and it's kind of facing harder times. It's a little bit off the beaten path, so they don't see as many tourists. And she thinks if she can make the restaurant successful, it'll bring more people to their neighborhood. So, good cause.
1: Yeah, I didn't know food writing was even a thing until uh, I was in grad school, and one of my colleagues, her, she specialized in food writing, and how culture and identity oh, comes yes. into it. it. It's super interesting, and that's a perfect example. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm hungry now. I know, it was delicious
0: the whole thing. Oh, God, at one point she's talking about dumplings, and I'm just like, it's it's very late at night, there are no places open, but now I want dumplings. So delicious.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, and
1: your next book? All right, so um, you actually recommended this book to me. Um, we had a social media meeting. Oh, that's right. Meeting, and I had brought in another book. Um, called Sea Witch, and you asked me if I had read this one. I had never even heard of it, but just the title. Isn't the title great? Yeah, I loved it. It was like, yeah, I have to to read this now. Um, I meant to have it finished by now, but it's just so good that it's one of those things where you just want to take your time with it. I
0: do that. There are some books that... (laughs) Some books I have to race through, and I cannot stop myself. And there are others that are so beautifully written, I want to just read it a little bit at a time to make it last. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those books. I thought the writing was really beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, I really love it so far. It's kind of a dark retelling of the Twelve Dancing Princesses, uh, which is one that I don't think has ever really been touched on before. It's not as, as popular as other. I was going to
0: say, because it's one of my favorite fairy tales and I don't think that it's, I think I've read one other young adult retelling but I don't think it's a super popular fairy tale, I mean it's definitely mm-hmm. not Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty and I don't think a lot of people know about it Yeah. so I was excited um, I don't think we mentioned the
1: title it's Oh, right <laughs> Oops, that's okay right, So um, this is called The House of Salt and Sorrows um, by Erin A. Craig I think it just came out, this um, and yeah, as soon as I heard the title, like that sounds like something I would I would love to read. Um, so it's kind of a dark retelling of the Twelve Dancing Princesses. Um, it's in a seaside kingdom, which I love anything that's by the sea, like nautical nautical related. I love it all. I think I was a mermaid in a past life. I just, I <laughs> I'm love it waiting all. to be one in this life. <laughs> And I was so excited about that, um, and what's happening is um, it's told mainly from one of the sisters' perspectives of Amelie, I think her name is. Um, and what's happened over the course of her life is that her sisters, just one by one, have been dying of very mysterious and sudden causes, and it's happened so much that she starts to think, "Wait a minute, like this is happening." pretty frequently. What if it's not? What if these aren't accidents? Um, and it was, it's been really interesting to read her perspective as They have, uh, I'm not sure exactly what belief system it is, but she talks about the different gods and goddesses and what they stand for, and I'm a huge fan of, like, Greek and Roman and Norse mythology, so... Right. I'm not sure exactly which mythology this is or if it's even I think she actually.
0: I was gonna say I think it's her I think she made it up for oh, okay. the book. Yeah. I didn't recognize any of the mm-hmm. names so I think that's yeah, yeah her creation
1: yeah um but yeah it was really cool and then there's a lot of um like paranormal type stuff I've gotten to a point in the book where she starts to sense ghosts and spirits and have just an overall eerie feeling about the environment around her and about her sisters and has the baby stuff. sister talked about seeing the dead sisters yet um i think
0: so yeah i, I thought that was so. creepy <laughs> because you have this happy mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. i don't remember how old she is i think she's a little older than a toddler but she's mm-hmm. not super old and she's talking about seeing the dead sisters like yes they're still here yeah yeah a little creepy so yeah. yeah i liked it uh, very much dark fantasy yeah mm-hmm.
1: a little bit of horror I'm really excited to continue reading it as soon as like the ghosts and the creepy drawings and the spooky ocean and everything came in. I'm just like, yes, this yes. is my thing. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it.
0: And it mm-hmm. is, I really do enjoy the writing. I don't know if she has other books. I know i would never heard the mm-hmm. author's name
1: before. We, have, we use this website called Fantastic Fiction um, to look up um, it's super, super useful. Like, if there's an author that you really like and you want to see if this is the first book in a series, if this is whatever number book they've written, you can find it on there. Um, it's a, um, from the United Kingdom, so some of the titles are different, but, but it's such a useful website. And I think anyone can access it. Um, but on Fantastic Fiction, I, this was the only one. So I think it's her, her first novel. First. So. Yes, I won't be surprised to see
0: more from her because it's
1: very beautifully written and
0: definitely a captivating story. Well, five fabulous suggestions. Oh, and I wanted to mention to people that if they are fans of Erin Morgenstern's uh, The Night Circus that came out almost a decade ago, that her second book called the starless sea is going to come out soon and it sounds like it's one of those beautiful fantasy books Mm -hmm. like the night circus so people should go put their holds on that now but only after i have the chance to put my hold on it first (laughs) so hey thanks jordan thank you for joining me today thank you and thank you listeners if you are so inclined please rate and review our podcast it helps other listeners find us the show notes with links to the books and the websites that we talked about today are avail- available at claremontlibrary.org slash category podcast. Reach out on Twitter, let us know what you think of our suggestions, or tell us what great things you've been reading. We're at Claremont Library, and until next time, reader, read on.